Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hanflow and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. My voice, I hope, will hold out for this. My throat is going a little bit. I've, I've never wanted CM Punk more on the podcast. Huh? Because he's the voice of the voiceless. That's why. Oh. You start, are you doing that by design to, like, tee people up for you not speaking much? So, like, this is all you're going to miss, is me on a week part of day. So... Like voodoo, Wilborn. I want voodoo to fix you, and I want it to be the same voodoo that made this Monday Night Raw passable, despite the fact that they absolutely whiffed on the big thing that was promoted, in my opinion. And, like, you know, there isn't much more to discuss, but we'll discuss it later. This had uh, loads of Raw segments that were typically pitiful, and yet I didn't think this show was all that bad. It can only be voodoo. Um, well, I disagree. This was very much, we're on sci-fi for one last week. Let's just do loads of wrestling. And I'm thinking, huh, wait a minute. You don't like this. <laughs> Why are you doing it? Why are you building a statistically very long match that can't not be very long, given the match genre it is, with a longer match to build to it for minor stakes? Mm -hmm. And it's because you're on sci-fi for a second week. You know you're not going to get a rate, and so it's just a little wrestling instead. So, mm, Love it. Once upon a time, the philosophy was well, zombies then, aliens. Uh, it's <laughs> got, now it's wrestling. Uh, so we saw the beginning of the show. We now have a voice that says, then, now, forever, together. He's weird as well. Yeah, yeah. he's weird. For a split second, I thought it was Cena. Yeah. And then I went, no, it's just a new thing they've done. Uh, the WWE champion comes out to uh, start the show. Bobby Lashley, flanked by MVP. Uh, Lashley got a promo saying, the Elimination Chamber has changed lives and shortened careers, but so has he. he I hate that. I hate it so much. No, it hasn't. No. There's, a, there's been a million. Triple H has been in a million of them. The only career it shortened was Bobby Lashley's as a top baby face after yes. he won the Extreme Elimination Chamber in ECW. And it was nothing to do with injuries. Also, it does change lives and shorten careers, but that was the old Elimination Chamber. 
You know, and it was just like, do we need any protection on the house? Nah, be fine. Be fine. Pop on some steel. <laughs> <laughs> now they've, I mean, I'm happy for them, but it's, anyway. Um, he said he destroyed everyone he put in front of him. MVP does a bit of Steiner maths, talking about how everyone's got a 16% chance of winning the match. But actually, when you add in the almighty factor, uh, Bobby Lashley's uh, chances increase to 100%. And choo-choo, Michael Sidgwick, it is time <sighs> for a promo train. Seth Rollins comes out. <laughs> uh, he says, Bobby, you look great. Just not as great as me. And right now, you may be currently the champion, but you won't be for long. Uh, you know, no one else in this match can probably beat you, Bobby Lashley, but I can. MVP says he's having a vision. He visions Seth not making it to the chamber if he keeps running his mouth. Uh, out comes Riddle in his toga. Looks great. Uh, he's confused by all the math. He thought the academic challenge was over. He said the last time he was locked in a tight spot, it was a gas station bathroom. It was brutal. Uh, but then the custodian let him out in the morning, and he saw the light and knew he could accomplish anything. And he thought about being WWE champion alongside being tag team champions with Mandy. Uh, he invited everyone to the RK Broger party, except Rollins, who probably had to get his ready for his match against Mandy later on. Riddle wanted to see Lashley in a toga. He's not the only one, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, Austin Theory comes out to stop all this nonsense. Uh, he says, sorry to interrupt. Uh, and Riddle says, oh, don't worry, the party's not until later. Um, and he says, Mr. McMahon's taught him a lot of lessons. Expect the unexpected. Apologies are just weaknesses. Uh, that other thing where he went... <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he said he can't let Vince down. He must win the match. Out comes AJ Styles, who says, what are you on about? Uh, he says, look, the odds are in no one's favor, but I'm willing to do what it takes. Legacies are on the line. WrestleMania moment. A few more cliches. Um uh, but he did like Riddle's toga, and he said, you know what, yeah, being a double champion does sound quite nice, and uh, he's going to win the United States Championship tonight and then uh, win the WWE Championship inside the chamber. Lashley's over all this. Uh, he says, look, I'm the only one in here who's actually won an Elimination Chamber match. And I was like, did you? Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Uh, uh, he says, Austin, theory's too wet behind the ears. Uh, Seth should clearly be able to see that he's losing. Real needs to come off the cloud he's on. Uh, AJ's not going to have the mania moment he hopes and dreams for. I nailed that promo a lot more than Bobby Lashley did. Anyway, he says, as for Brock Lesnar, cue Brock Lesnar's music. He comes out. He's got a snazzy coat and a cowboy hat on. Uh, and he uses, <laughs> as, as AJ Styles actually pointed out, he uses Austin Theory as a coat rack. <laughs> uh, and he has a brief face-off with uh, Bobby Lashley. Then Theory... Stupidly tried to attack Brock Lesnar. Everyone else got out of the ring as Lesnar then suplexed him, hit him with an F5, and then took an excellent selfie that you've seen all over social media. Um, one of your least favorite tropes to open a show, this, Sidge. Yeah, it was horrendous, as always. But I have one nice thing to say. Austin Theory did something in character that followed on from his established character arc where he's been told by Vince McMahon to go out and impress him. I didn't expect him. I don't think anyone did expect him to just go after Brock Lesnar. So that is the one nice thing I'll say about this otherwise drab formulaic segment in which everyone looks stupid and contrived and whatever. I will also say that Brock Lesnar came out wearing a silly hat and then did something silly with Austin Theory. And I still took him like one million times more serious than I did anybody else in that ring. The gulf and star power is just too much. Everyone else just looked like rank-and-file mid-card fluff until Big Brock came out. 
And the fact that he did something silly just to underline all of it was just not ideal. It is entertaining, but also terrifying what he does to that table on Pat McAfee's podcast, isn't it? Yeah, he likes getting to live his life as a man with no limits or rules or restrictions placed upon him. And I think it's it's one of the reasons why he's probably been so successful in something as insane as wrestling is because you watch it and there's a magnetic quality to it. This Pat McAfee clip, him coming out in a silly cowboy hat, you sort of can't look away because the mere presence of him promises a chaos that nobody can really manufacture, which is the worst thing about like watching a WWE promo train because that's the whole point. The idea of interruption after interruption, interruption, it's supposed to be chaos. It's supposed to be what on earth is happening to Bobby Lashley's interview segment, but they've normalized it to such a degree that it never feels that everything's gone wild and, oh, no, what? how are we going to mix up the format now? Like, what's going to lose time on the show because this five-minute Bobby Lashley thing has become a 20-minute everybody thing? The material was risible. Bobby Lashley in particular spouting absolute drivel at the end. He couldn't pull those lines off. I, I hold him a little bit responsible. We've talked a lot lately about the ability of the guys to elevate bad material. He did not do that here. But it's everybody's job. Everybody has the task of elevating bad material on Monday Night Raw. And Lashley failed here. But then so did everybody else in the match. This didn't. This was a promo train. But it wasn't even that. Because it didn't remotely promote Elimination Chamber. It promoted the idea that Brock Lesnar is streets ahead of everybody else in the match he's in, and circumstances beyond any of those wrestlers' control are the only thing that's going to stop him winning the WWE title. I realise that they do big things now at the Chamber, whereas pre- uh, at the Chamber, in Saudi, sorry, whereas previously it was just sort of a weird sort of outlier where stuff would happen, but it probably wouldn't direct the major st- affect the major storylines. But this was a surreal thing, wasn't it? Because it's, it's a show. It's not the A show. Promote on sci-fi, so that's already, you know, ratchet down a bit, promoting a show that they know a lot of people probably won't watch because it's like a Saturday afternoon, maybe even earlier, actually, probably lunchtime in America, isn't yeah. it? And it, the big things really WrestleMania. It's just a surreal concoction, all this. They would do this for Mania as well. That's how bad they are actually being a wrestling promotion at this point. Um, my take that Brock Lesnar just looks streets ahead of everybody else as a star was a subjective take on how I felt, but it was even blocked in that way. Like, he went straight up to Lashley. The suggestion visually was, you're the only person who's got a vague cat in hell's chance of beating me. The rest of them are just there. They are just there. Um, Riddle is an idiot. Austin Theory is an idiot. Seth Rollins is playing someone as an idiot, and it's so bizarre. And uh, AJ Styles, the only one who is drab by comparison to the idiots, Looked like a total geek twice in one night. It feels like, from the way they block this, they're going to be starting off with, off the top of my head, uh, uh, Rollins and Riddle, right? And they just save Lashley and Lesnar till the end of it. Like, right, we'll get to the good bit now. <laughs> Chuck some people about, and then we'll get down to these. Yeah, two. they'll give you a quote-unquote work rate match, and then they'll give you what they think is the real thing. Mm. Lesnar is absolutely coming out of that chamber pod last, and... They ran a gauntlet match on the show to determine who would in the other match. But th- th- that's like, that's the Lesnar privilege. Like this, and they don't even care to no. explain any of that. It's just like, well, he's the best. You're liking the best, don't you? So do we. So how it comes last, it's the money in the bank thing, it's the rumble thing, it's the anything thing. Like he gets every advantage in spite of all this and nobody really cares or questions it. Uh, we go backstage uh, and before they are facing the nudie dogs, uh, the Street Profits uh, sort of run down the show for us. Did notice a slight swipe at the Cincinnati Bengals by Montez Ford. Poor Angelo Dawkins uh, saying, well, 
least certain teams know how to get it done. And the, the smile just dropped from Angelo Dawkins' face for a second. I thought that was a nice touch. He tweeted oh, just after the Super Bowl, didn't he? Some, yes. Something on the lines of, oh, God, I don't want to go to Raw. And I don't know how much of that was an intended cell phone, knowing that he was going to generate a bit of buzz. But immediately, everybody just enjoyed themselves with that, like you and the rest of the roster. Uh, like, and speaking on behalf of all of his colleagues, all that sort of, yeah, all yeah. of those sort of dunks. Um, aye, that's that's like a nice bit of that reminded you that he's got work colleagues and there's that sort of pattern that can exist. But everybody immediately dove on the. Is he going to leave? Is he going to AW? Does he absolutely hit? Everybody went down that route yeah. first. So I'm thinking, oh, he just actually likes the relationship he's got with his workmates. You don't get that from a lot of WWE guys. No. It must, yeah. I mean, he got off pretty lightly considering the way they half the time they like to do it. They did mug people off on this show. I like how it's already been forgotten about, of course, because it's WWE, but he was actually booked to win in his hometown the other week. Mm-hmm. And now, oh, your favourite team lost. Well, eat this. <laughs> eat this, you. I was going to swear. I won't do that. Um, they showed uh, the clip of Dolph Ziggler's appearance on NXT from last week. Oh, sorry, NXT Dubai. Oh, from last horrendous! Week. <laughs> it was so bad. And oh, uh, I missed it. Yeah, I, I saw the. Uh, yeah. I've seen one image of him feet up on the table, being like, uh, "You can still oh. find him." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was basically trying to be on the big shot from. Yeah. The raw brand, and it was just like, mm, now he looks like you're doing cosplay and Nick Bockwinkle to me. <laughs> and I told you, I think I said this to you already. He said, first of all, uh, well, there's only the same 200 fans here every week clapping like seals, regardless. And then said, um, I might lose 99 fights out of 100, but occasionally I win. What he said, I might lose 99 times out of 100, but everyone knows certain days of the week. I'm the best or something like that. What? It was honestly, it was one of those things where he thought he was really clever. Dolph Ziggler's very much, uh, he thinks he's being clever and really good. Yeah. He's not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And then Tommaso Ciampa was there on Monday Night Raw. On yeah, Com- I, I, I was on Beard Watch here. Did it look more brown than normal? Did he realize, oh God, I'm not getting called up to SmackDown after all. I can just ease off the hair dye for a bit. I want you to promote your match on Raw. <laughs> On NXT. Uh, like, just like, does it half and half or something? Looks <laughs> like Eric Rowan's beard. <laughs> uh, he I just thought it must have been nice for the key demo to have somebody that finally like relates how, to them. NXT 2.0, when it's great, so it's old man Champer. Yeah. And on Raw, it's like midlife crisis Champer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was he saying? He was banging on saying, like, uh, I've been holding it down for six years. Um, if anybody wants that NXT title, you've got to come through me. And then he sort of caught himself and he's like, yeah, I mean, you've got to beat me or come through me. Either of them is fine. <laughs> like, so, oh, man, Champ is forgetting his lines again. <laughs> uh, anyway, the match itself was was a brief match. And the, the story was, yeah, focusing on, on Champ and Ziggler. Ziggler falls out to the outside. Champ sort of sarcastically claps him. Uh, Ziggler mugged him off a little bit. He sort of faked a super kick and Champa flinched like a little bit of a bitch, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, so Champa then chucked water in Ziggler's face. Oh man, Champa's not brave as he used to be. <laughs> <laughs> He's bones out of in the war. <laughs> <laughs> His bones ain't so good no more. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all this distraction allowed Angelo Dawkins to uh, spy and bust to Robert Roode. Montez Ford hits that mince frog slash from his. One, two, three. Post-match, Ziggler super kicks Champa. Uh, and as the Street Profits try attacking him, he and Robert Roode get out of Dodge. I thought he was going to play me a song. I used to listen to that sweet chin music when I was a boy. <laughs> and when I was uh, 80 years old, I liked <laughs> Michael so much. It's like all the rest of my NXT boys. 
I was busy looking at my hands, wondering what I'd become, and all of a sudden, some young fella comes to me with a kick. <laughs> uh, it, once, ah. once surprised you, I know I wasn't paying much attention <laughs> yeah, to that match. Once old man Chopper rocked up, I was like, right, something to talk about on the Raw podcast. <laughs> Some content overlap. Three-minute version of, of something I saw or skipped through about, what, ten times on SmackDown last year? I couldn't give a goddamn towel. <laughs> you know what would have been better is if uh, he'd have uh, done the, the spot with Ziggler, chuck the war in his face, and obviously that plays into it, but then goes to sit back down in his chair and just you just hear... Just <laughs> lowering himself down into it. Not as easy to get down and up as it used to be. <laughs> way in Rumble. Anyway. They have a reason to hate Dolph Ziggler. With all the, remember all the metal patches mm. that Dolph Ziggler used to wear yes. on his uh, jacket? And he's such a poser that he spelt them wrong. <laughs> he's like, oh, guys, that's the heat. Old man champ was like, I don't like that goddamn racket. That's <laughs> Satan's music. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, we go backstage, and uh, we all know how much Apollo Cruising Commander Aziz love a toga party, apparently. <laughs> Amazing. They were there. So were the uh, women's tag champs. Uh, are they still the tag champs? Okay. Yeah, Carmella and Queen Commander Zelina. Aziz, man. Like, there's this one. I know this will get Cedric in the heart as much as it did me as a kid. Adam Bond was so cool, wasn't he? Yes. But he wasn't as cool as Kevin Nash. No. Really, really bad luck. Like, you're a guy that is... Uh, like six foot eleven or six foot eleven and a half. The best action figure ever. Yeah, but there's a seven foot guy, and he's just naturally cooler than you. And he's also got long hair and a beard. And Vince is like, I'll take that one. <laughs> like it's happened to his ease with Omos, hasn't it? Like Omos wasn't at the toga party. What was it? Was it uh, the Simpsons reference? Are you like get out of the way? Or the little lamb. The little lamb. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, out of the way, you like. Commander is he's thinking, oh, I'm a big lad. Like Shane wanted me for that Raw Underground. Everything's going really well. You might almost. Oh, God. <laughs> <Just looking up. laughs> You're going to put me in a toga, aren't you? Hey, check out these gold shoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Queen Zelina thinks the party's for her. <laughs> <laughs> Zelina and the whale. <laughs> uh, Riddle shows up. He wants to know where Randy Orton is. Uh, and, Selena's uh, contract's up in five years' time. <laughs> he leads them in a broker, broker chat, and we cut back uh, to Orton in his locker room. Do you know who he's with? Kevin Patrick! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, you're not going to be in tomorrow. Uh, and Orton said, yeah, not really my kind of thing, a toga party, to be honest. I've kind of got ready, got to get ready to face Seth Rollins later. Uh, and I know Rollins has probably got some sort of plan to steal the title on Saturday, but first he's going to have to deal with the most devastating letters, RKO. Right. I know there's an angle that follows at the Toga Party later on that then feeds into the main event, so it's not that nothing happened. But, strictly speaking, the Toga Party, nothing fucking happened. <laughs> what an absolute waste. A thing they legitimately promoted, a thing that allowed us... Idiots as fucking usual to fantasy book something that might occur on a big night with a big set piece where WWE has often done a lot of their big angles. Nout. Like, uh, yes, a beatdown. Yes, Riddle and Atul can't quite help his mate. Yes, the, the seeds of dissent continue to be sown between RK Bro for the WrestleMania match. Fine, actually. But in terms of the, the big set piece, it's like the lamest lame that ever lamed. I could not believe how low effort and low energy this was. But there was already a big betrayal in the works on this show. So, you know... We'll get to that in due course. What do you think? Not much. What did they give us? Uh, everyone looked like such a fake, pitiful geek. <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. 
Um, we get a, a sort of recap of, of Kevin Owens and what he said the previous week, and then a, a Twitter poll that they posted asking if Kevin Owens was lying about his love for Texas. Massive, like, Grace and Waller energy, wasn't it? Like, Twitter's been going crazy over this vote that nobody gives a <laughs> about. <laughs> I like the fact you bleeped one. I know, yeah. <laughs> write it down. I, 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 you got to beat that one. Yeah. What a stupid Fuck's <laughs> 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 sake. Uh, 60, get them all at once. Uh, yeah, 60.5% of people thought he was lying about his love of Texas. And then we get a pre-tape promo. Why lost. would you lie about Texas? Said, <laughs> 33%. <laughs> yeah. A lot of uh, sh- needless shots of the crowd not watching this promo, by the way. They kept cutting from the, you know, he's, he's doing it down the lens. Just leave it on him. And they kept cutting to people being like, do you want to go to the, uh, do you want to get a drink or something? Oh, Huh? People on their phones checking yeah, to see if it was a legitimate vote or not, or they've just made the graphic up. Yeah, definitely have. Um, and, yeah, he sort of had to do this weird thing where he slagged off Texas, but they weren't in Texas. I think they were in Indianapolis, weren't they? Indianapolis. Go Colts. Um, and, yeah, he said, oh, I figure I'm not going to be at WrestleMania then if I'm not at the chamber. And said, oh, it's, it's Tex- do you know what Texas is? It's as bad as... Checks back of guitar. Indianapolis, apparently. <laughs> he said, I've heard all the nasty things that people of Texas got to say about me. I was lying last week. Um, I suppose that's the only plus about missing WrestleMania. I don't have to go to Dallas. Uh, if the if the whole of the United States was the human body, Texas would be its ass. Is this LTST for Stone Cold Steve Austin? Reading from a scripted promo saying, Texas is, yeah, it's more like, oh, again, who bears? Do you know what I never liked? Whenever Austin. WWE. <laughs> it's at very points in my life, it's been the only thing I've liked. What the hell is wrong with me? I never liked it when Steve Austin would say he would put his boot up someone's ass or that he would take a piece of their ass. I never like. I just. I've just thought of them now when we were talking about Texas and asses and things like that. I just thought it sounded weird, and I can see him saying that after this, all this ass stuff, he's going to stick his boot up Kevin Owens' ass. I never liked the visual. That you know, I never, uh, along similar lines. Yeah. You don't ever realise it's quite so disgusting. What's that? Gonna stomp a mud hole in your ass. <laughs> Basically, it means open it up with like. He's, he's going to make your arsehole bigger so you can see all the dump in it. Yeah. That's what I think it means. He's going to go see you with his boot. Yeah. Ooh. Let's see what you've had for dinner. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and walk it dry. Get with me underneath. This is this is the first. Oh, well, not this is the second step, I suppose, on the road to Owens versus bloody Austin at what's, WrestleMania. What's great about this, right? This is it's worth talking. It's newsworthy to an extent, and it's obviously featured in the review. Seth Rollins thing done. Austin's theory, forget about it. Like it's it's Austin now, but it might not be Austin. Like that's not they've not been able to throw a graphic up the news. Um, is there, I think, tactically leaked. Uh, like, it's been years. I, it was that bump he took when he was in that thing with Becky Lynch a couple of years back. I was like, it's on his mind. It's absolutely on his mind. That's why I've been such a fiend. I had your SummerSlam all those years. Yeah, yeah, that's why I've been such a fiend about it ever since because like, he just wouldn't do it. He just wouldn't, like, be filmed taking this lovely snapping flat back if there wasn't something on his mind. Um, but it might not happen. And then, what next for Kevin Owens? He's made those T-shirts every year. I don't know if you've kept track. I'm a kind of dweeve stuff like this. He's up to WrestleMania 6. Right, that's Hogan Warrior. He's going to make a T-shirt that says the Ultimate Kevin, where it's going to be Kevin Owens versus Kevin Owens with the lightning bolts and the Canada stuff, all that stuff. Perfect Canadian thing to be opposed against, like Texas Austin in Texas. Texas, Texas, Texas. What if he just says no? It's like, uh, hey, got some bad news. He's pulled out, but uh, don't worry, Bradshaw's here. He's going to clothesline you in a minute and a half. 
Like, it's not over the line yet. If I'm Kevin Owens, I'm thinking, well, like, maybe that's what was on the hook when he signed the contract. Got a good feeling about Austin. WrestleMania. I mean, Owens is going to sign that contract, yeah, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Steve Austin at WrestleMania in Dallas. 100,000 people. Yes, please. It's like, it, he's, Steve Austin's pulled out. 100,000 like, people paying $100,000. <laughs> um, well, we'll discuss this more as and when things develop, I suppose. Instead, we have to move on and talk about the United States Championship match uh, between Damian Priest and AJ Styles. A lot of sort of mirroring of what happened between these two last week. Um, I like the bit where Styles was going for Styles Clash and Damien Priest just flapjacked him. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, but it was a similar, similar sort of mirroring of what we saw last week as Priest gets, you know, bounced off the ropes. Uh, you've still got Styles on the outside, perfect position, obviously, for a phenomenal forearm. Priest comes off the ropes, Styles goes for it, but Priest uh, holds on to the ropes, uh, stops him, stops him his momentum, uh, and rolls up AJ Styles to pin him and retain the United States Championship. And there's a nice touch afterwards, Amphlet, where both men shake hands. Was this nice or was this incredibly lame? I hated that sort of, AJ especially, having to do the well, shrug, you got me, pal, good one. Damien Priest, remembering ever so briefly that he best do a face, Later on in the match, oh, is, he, is he turning? Is he becoming Damien? Is he going to remain priest? I just wish these, like, I, I hate myself for becoming a let the wrestlers wrestle guy when watching WWE because it's not what WWE is for. But when they're so very clearly overproduced to act out these little plays between one another, I just, it just completely takes me out of it. This was a perfectly fine TV match, but like the instructions that were laid upon them later on just undermined all of it. This is a complete and utter waste of time. That did nothing but cancel out something puzzling that happened last week. Mm. And it's even more puzzling this week because AJ Styles has just lost his chance to contend for the US title, which means nothing. And now he's going to get a chance to fight for the WWE title on Saturday. Like, what's this? Like, it's content. That's all it is. It is content booked for no reason other than to exist that just further undermines a match that has potential to actually drive storylines and WrestleMania ramifications and you can build mid card matches in it, but it's about Lesnar. It's just just about Lesnar. How do commentators talk about this while these two were um, brawling in the chamber? Like, well, they both beat each other on Raw, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> see this completely even battle. It's completely even. There's no Priest isn't in the chamber match. Yeah, Priest in the chamber. Oh, of course he's not. Yeah, he's not in there. Is he? It's just AJ Styles. No point. Yeah. The no point. The guys have, lost. If, if, the, yeah. if they need an AJ Styles match, haven't beat Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. Apollo Crews, beat him in five minutes. Well, looks like AJ Styles is uh, looking like he's got some momentum ahead of the chair. <laughs> I'll bury that too, but at least it would make sense yeah, to idiots. Yeah. I was like, at least this wasn't a DQ, but it was the next step up from a DQ. On the subject of DQ, the commentators during the match when Priest was doing his whole <laughs> thing went, oh God, Priest is in trouble if he, you know, if he turns. It's like, is he? Because you <laughs> just get disqualified and nothing will happen. <laughs> yeah. He won't get fined. And then... He won't get forced to defend his title in another match. It will simply end. Well, also, if he gets DQ'd and they go, got DQ'd there, so you know what? You have to defend the title again next week. Okay, cool. I haven't got a match on Saturday in a completely different country uh, in a chamber. So when AJ Styles come back be- with the crap beating out of him, that'll be easy. He'll just go, cool. Well, what I'll do is um, I'll just keep getting DQ'd. It's the Michael Scott, <laughs> it's the Michael <laughs> Scott paper company. Well, I'll just open another paper company and another paper company and a paper company after that. I'll just get DQ'd and I'll get DQ'd again. I'll get DQ'd after that. Try and take my belt off me. It's just, it's rubbish. 
yeah, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. This I genuinely do you know what I think this is. I think you say say about it, it's forgettable. I think they've done a two week storyline on sci fi that will never ever 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 be referenced again because they think well no one's watching. So yeah, yeah. So, there you go. Why 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 am I doing it then? Why, what am I doing this for? <laughs> well, because I get to play funny sound effects in a minute. Uh, you've shown your hand quite literally. <laughs> Alexa Bliss, what could the sound effect be? Um, More people watching this should show their hands. <laughs> she's uh, she looks a bit different, doesn't she? She certainly does. The dark goddess, <laughs> twisted goddess. Every week in the replies, <laughs> with this shiny jacket in the second part of this segment. For some it's the same eighty-nine incels having a wank over Alexa Bliss. Like, uh, they ju- just fiendish bliss. They just want. A big titty goth girlfriend. That's all they want. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. God bless them. There's, there's websites for these. Mm. Uh, anyway, the... Uh, I think. <laughs> the porn star psychiatrist... I'm reliably informed. <laughs> ...checks that, uh, you know, life's good with, with Alexa Bliss. She's finally happy. Uh, and he says, you know what? You're doing really well. I've got your gift. What has he got but the torn-up remains of... And another lily available at www.shop.com to put the remains inside of. I think there was that. He basically said he had an idea. We'll we'll come back to this a little bit later. But that was the that was the implication. Isn't isn't it essentially just lily then? Because your skin regenerates all the time. Lily's innards inside Lily's skin is lily. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, innards are more like, there's no single cell in your body, Adam Wilborn, that is older than seven years. <laughs> Sorry, I just realised we're doing this around a non-spike story. <laughs> you are physically a completely different person to that which you were seven years ago. Huh? Fair. So who... <laughs> is, it also, is it the essence? Is it the memory? Shouldn't it be like, he's like, yeah, you've got all these... The, the, shouldn't the story be... You've got all these fake lilies available at WWE Shop Don because he seemed by the end to be like, you do lead, need Lily. Shouldn't it have been like, I've got your innards, I've got the skin that was ripped apart by Charlotte Flair, and I've sewn it back together for you. Not just, I'll buy another one. Like, that is literally, um, sorry kids, your dog's dead, but I've got your new dog, so <laughs> there you go. It's, Funny to think that this is Vincent Mann's view of counselling as well. You go for like six sections and say, oh, I completed it. Excellent. Do I get a prize? <laughs> like that's, in his mind, that's how it works out. Uh, you're ro- fixed. You're cured. That's how mental health works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Go away with a toy. We'll, uh, we'll revisit this a little bit later on because next we've got to talk about the return of the hurt business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> so they're the hurt business. So they've kicked Bobby Lashley out of the Hurt Business. This is inadvertently mirroring one of the great TNA angles of the late 2000s. Or was it just after 2010? The wheels were falling off regardless. uh, TNA? The main main event mafia uh, disbanding, going about the separate ways. The main event is before, the main event is after. But nobody telling Scott Steiner. So he walked around in the main event mafia tracksuit and he was like saying, like he would batter some job and he was like, that's mafia business. <laughs> <laughs> He'd say things like sort of, when Kurt gets here, he's going to be raging. <laughs> and nobody would dare tell Scott Steiner, they're finished. Because <laughs> like, he was the hardest guy and he had a cool velour tracksuit. That was a funny bit. Nice bit of cell phone from Scott Steiner there at that point in his career. Like, 
these guys need this. <laughs> like they need that business merch money. They need that tiny shred of credibility that remains. I'm not going to get it in matches like this. Yeah, they uh, they had a two on one handicap match against Omos and got battered. Just got knocked about um, and uh, they tried to tried to get a bit of offense in whilst Omos was attacking the other one of them. Basically, in the end, uh, Omos tree slammed uh, Cedric Alexander, and that was that. I thought this was piss poor, and I'm sad to report I think chickens have finally come home to roost. As somebody that loves watching giant dudes wreck smaller ones, as wrestling has presented to me for decades, um, they've overexposed Omos in a way that no longer gives me joy. The Rumble was a big turning point for this. I didn't expect him to win, but I expected more from the way that they were going to present him, because it's like, well, that's the one thing it's really easy to do, and that they theoretically can still do, and they did a bad job of it. And this was no good and I'm not feeling the aura, I'm not feeling the menace of it no. anymore. I cannot see him. I mean, they might give him a big WrestleMania match because look at the size of him, but already it sort of feels like, well, they'll just give him the Andre by default. And that's not yeah. a prize. We know what that represents, you know. Um, you're a job at the stars at best if you're doing that. Uh, it's just it's such a shame. He's massive. You, you shouldn't be messing this up. Uh, he's useless, though. Mm. Like, he's not very good at all. Like Carly wasn't, but it took him a lot longer to extract the magic from him. Yeah. I think Colleague's better. Yeah, I think so too. It's a shame though. He's massive. Uh, he's so big. Yeah, he's so, <laughs> so huge. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Right, let's move on to a brilliant segment that came next. Uh, or setting up a brilliant segment, I should say. Because 24-7 champion Dana Brooke is out for a Valentine's Day meal with her friend, Reggie. Uh, and in the background, we see Akira Tozawa and Tamina in a disguise, just waiting for their opportunity. And they put, to be continued on the screen. And I thought, son of a bitch, I'm in. Did you hear Dana Brooke? Uh, off screen, say, I can't believe my best friend has taken me to this restaurant. <laughs> Do you get it? 
Also, she had a fork in her right hand. That really threw me. Oh, I thought good catch. Tamina doing like physical comedy in a cliched sitcom bit is like Liam Neeson doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, come on. No. I don't know what Lane is, but she should probably stay in it. <laughs> I did like the fact that Akira's not wrestling in this bit. <laughs> when they're gone in, they're in costumes, they're hiding behind the menus, and Akira's always goes, What do you want to eat then? Worry. Right, and then we've got. Patrick and the street prophets joining the toga party. I think was this a point where Riddle's giving him a weird pep talk? Yeah, just yeah, like you know, you can be whoever you want to be. You're at my toga party. This should prove that. I do like. that. Did he want? Did, did he well, want? That, that I like that touch because anyone else, I'm like, well, what's that bollocks about? But Riddle's definitely got the air of that person at a party giving you a pep talk when you've never asked. For <laughs> hey, buddy, don't let it get you down. Don't know what get me down. I'm fine. What's going on? I just like to stop speaking to you. Also, shout out to Angelo Dawkins again. He's, like I say, he's in a tough spot, sad place about the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and yeah, he walked in and just nailed that beer pong shot. I was very, I was hoping that was live because he just smashed that. To credit WWE here, they have at least captured... During their broker party segment. During their broker party segment, uh, the only fun bit of, in my opinion, an extremely overrated game. Beer pong was just not a thing when we were younger at British house parties. It was just drinking out. I can't even get the red cups. You just drink out of cheap bottles and cheap cans. But it's come into my life through the What Culture Christmas Party. And it always starts so promising and you get the first couple really drags on. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's machismo dies, save for one or two people that are, like, desperately still flexing. It's a vibe destroyer, isn't it? It is a vibe destroyer. The only people that stick around with that game to the very end are people that destroy the vibe. And luckily, WWE captured the one moment when it's still magic. I've never seen a What Culture Christmas Party beer pong game end because I've had to walk <laughs> away from the, the last survivors I of think it. there was a silent agreement this year just to not... Did anyone do it this year? I don't think they did. Last year, I mean. Do the first, like, five throws and then the rest of the pints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> yeah, because by the end, it's just like, oh, so it's warm lager and a beer bo- and a ping pong well, ball. Pissed people so that your aim's already off. Yeah. It's like you've only got one last one to aim for. And Post-Rona, it's dodgy as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and let's not try to think about that. how many times that ping pong has now been on the floor because of all the misses. Yeah. Anyway, um... Let's talk about the Becky Lynch and Lita contract signing for Elimination Chamber that came next. And I think, by looking at your faces, I can guess what you're going to say about this. So uh, Lita makes her big entrance, and then Becky Lynch makes her entrance. But she's sad. (laughs) She's very downtrodden. She walks down uh, and mopes about acting again. More on that in a bit. Um... And she said, I couldn't sleep all week thinking about having to face my idol. Uh, look, you've got nothing to prove, Lita. Leave now. Protect your legacy. Protect my legacy, bloody. Once you're at it. Uh, I don't want to fight her. You don't want to fight me. The only people who want to see us fight are the sick fans. And Lita says, sorry, you seem to be thinking about this like I'm only back for this one match. I'm back for a long old run, a championship run. Uh... I said, uh, <laughs> I, I sense that you're worried because um, of what happened last week. I've still got what it takes to, to beat you. Uh, like it or not, this match is happening. She signs the contract. She slides it over to Becky Lynch. Uh, and she says, Becky Lynch says, Oh, Lita, you're pushing me beyond a point. I can come back from. I'll do whatever it takes to keep my title. I'll even go after your neck. Um, and when people remember Lita, they'll do so with a tear in their eye. 
Um, and Lita men- mentions, you know, her influence over Lynch's career. And she says, look, if I've had anything to do with the current state of Becky Lynch, then maybe I should be the one to put an end to your reign. And Lynch signs the contract, chucks it off the t- across the table and and storms out Michael Sidgwick. Yep. I mean, <sighs> Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, in my headcanon, are like auditioning. For a life beyond the wrestling at the minute, when no Becky Lynch has been on billions. A life in what? I've not. <laughs> not going to get a job on this basis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This was Becky Lynch at her most WWE. Yeah. Uh, this is Becky Lynch doing Edge. This is Becky Lynch so entirely removed from that which she is good. Started starting to scan is legitimately a little bit unprofessional. Yes, it's more fun to play a heel, but Jesus Christ, you're the babyface's company goddamn needs. It was her choice to turn here, like, come on, just play babyface, be a goddamn professional, because your sub-Connor McGregor stuff is bad. This is rotten, absolutely rotten stuff. Um, Just felt like she was auditioning for a role that isn't in this uh, business anymore. And, you know, that's fair enough. The more people who can get out, the better. Um, But I was just embarrassed watching this. uh, One thing I liked is that Lita, or whoever scripted her promo actually try to make you think, oh, she's not just coming back for a very naked money grab. She wants to run. I enjoyed that line, I guess. Yeah, nice program you had there. Shame if somebody contract signed it. I, I just, I was pleading pretty much yesterday for this to just be a video package or something because they peaked last week and there was nothing else left to do. We well, talked three hours to film, mate. I know. We talked about there was nothing really left to say in the promos and there was nothing left physically to prove because the action was pretty great last week. They they actually sold the match. It doesn't really matter because when you see what the way. Well, it's yeah. Horrible. Yeah, that's that. There's going to be some stark and unpleasant reminders on the show itself on Saturday. What's going on here? The there's only good th- time that was. Anything close to acceptable was when Bailey used it to win a match. Well, I just it was a, 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 I don't know. I was going to say a creative use of some ludicrous circumstances, but I don't know if that's too gentle or too yeah, kind yeah, to it. Yeah. I don't know. I just this was pretty good, and Becky Lynch's performance here was so bad that it almost sent it careering off the rails. Lita was great again. Yeah, I've like I've, this. I've, I've probably said this every week we've reviewed this feud. But a thing she kind of used to be actively bad at, she's come back and she already feels like one of the best. So I don't know if that's just that, you know, that walking away confidence that she's got that she never had when she was on the on the wheel and too afraid, I guess, to make a mistake. But I like it when these wrestlers don't look afraid to be fired and Lita is clearly in that situation. You know, they need her more than she needs mm-hmm. them ultimately. So it's been nice to see her perform and enjoy this with a bit of confidence. Yeah. Um, remind me of this when... Uh, I've got no memory. When I when I say, well, you know, these contract signings, they never end well. Well, they did it. Both people signed it. No one threw a punch. And it was uh, dull and boring. It was crap. So. It's still bad, though. Just because yeah. there wasn't an attack. It was still all, like, Becky Lynch was dreadful. Can we, can we go back in time and you both say skip before I read, read through <laughs> all these Becky Lynch thing's a disaster. Yeah. Uh, right, let's talk about this gauntlet match. We've got the Elimination Chamber gauntlet <laughs> with all the women in the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, wonder where the sixth one's going to be. Uh, not that she's not including it. Um, <coughs> so the winner of this match gets to enter the uh, the elimination chamber. Last, of course, and we start with the uh, continuation of an epic rivalry: Nikki Ash versus Rhea Ripley. 
Uh, really. I'm just going to fly through uh, the results of this, and then we can talk about the whole thing because it was a it was a showcase for Rhea Ripley. This, um, and then uh, uh, baffling in terms of the fact she didn't win it because it's like cool. So she's going to be in there before Bianca Belair. So you have to see her probably wrestle all these women all over again. They've done all the spots they can do. Anyway, I cannot book. Where's the time? Cannot book. So uh, yeah, she. Uh, I thought you liked the show. I, I yeah. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> all, it, all it took was to talk about it. Uh, they had little inset promos as well, but I couldn't be asked to write down what they said. Um, so Nikki was being quite aggressive, but eventually Rhea Ripley fights back, hits her with the riptide, gets the one, two, three. Uh, out comes Liv Morgan. Again, Morgan in control. Uh, Ripley catches her in that standing cloverleaf. Love that submission of hers. Uh, Morgan manages to get to the ropes. Ripley's not letting it go. Morgan drives her into the turnbuckle. Uh, but then Ripley fights back, hits a super kick, catches Morgan. Riptides her as well. That gets uh, the one, two, three. Then uh, our rear Ripley faced the um, <laughs> This was uh, more about the power game. She could barely get anything. She could barely get Dewdrop to move initially. Um, back and forth between these two. Uh, but again, Ripley catches her and powers her up for the Riptide for the victory. And then we get the match that we all wanted to see and the hopeful final two uh, elimination chamber. Oh, maybe Alexa Bliss. We haven't seen her actually wrestle for quite some time. But I just love watching Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair work together because they're great. Um, Bianca Belair comes in. She backflips uh, over Rhea Ripley early and hits a delayed vertical suplex for a near fall. Uh, she hits the handspring moonsault, gets, that gets a true count as well. Um, Belair knocks uh, Rhea Ripley outside, but then she gets sent into the steps. Both of them are down as we go to a break. As we come back, uh, Belair gives Ripley the sort of, well, her version of the glam slam, effectively. They counter each other's finishes. They just start twatting the heck out of each other. Um... Belair slams Ripley off the top rope, uh, but Ripley gets her knees up on the standing moonsault attempt and uh, gets her with a great-looking missile drop kick for a near fall. Um, Ripley goes to put her in the cloverleaf, but Belair fights out of it, hits a spine buster, puts her up, KOD, one, two, three. Uh, Bianca Belair will enter the chamber match last because she's the star and she's probably going to go to WrestleMania. Yeah, I um I thought the work was really strong in this, and I rarely have compliments for these long gauntlet matches because I feel like often WWE are trying to game the system with them a little bit. They've gotten out of the habit, but certainly a few years ago, I was feeling overstuffed on the long matches because the runtime would be often what people would see first. I always think of the Seth Rollins one, where like he breaks record after record of how long he's in the ring, but how much of it is actually that good? Who wanted to see that long of t period of time of Seth Rollins and Elias or Seth Rollins and John Cena or whatever when they've kind of done all their best bits? This wasn't that. This was long, but not so long that it became obnoxious. And almost all of the individual matches had something to enjoy about them. The Nikki ASH thing, for all we mock it, that's their attempt to try and just see if there's any loose ends remaining in that feud and finish it straight away. So Rhea Ripley kind of gets that out of her way. You get the first, like, real proper physical contact between her and Dewdrop and Arkan. Like, they're both super heavyweights in women's terms, but can one do her big move on the other? That's quite nice to see. The chemistry's always been great between Ripley and Belair, and they feel like the stars, so you get that as the big headliner. So all the individual matches, genuinely, I really enjoyed. Great to see Rhea Ripley. Feeling like she was given the opportunity to do something she wants to do, Charlotte which is... Blair. Oh, sorry. Which, which is worth... Well, an opportunity, sorry. <laughs> like, just, again, it's like, oh, we, we say this quite a lot. Did somebody that you quite like have a good day at work? The answer to the, that question in regards to Ray Ripley is yes. However, however, 
they can never have their cake and eat it with these things, even when they think they can. So Bianca Belair being the last person to enter and winning still feels like she's kind of come from a bit of a privileged position. She's taken out Rhea Ripley, who's had to do all the hard yards. And then even though they've had like a like a real like gritty match, Bianca Belair's kind of taken the Brock Lesnar route. Mm. I'll come in last. Yes, I've got a fight for five minutes, but ultimately, like I've got such a vast advantage over what you've had to go through. And I've won. Cheer me anyway. They cannot book, but I like this in spite of that. They can't book unless. When they did the thing at the end, where it's like mutual respect, did Rhea Ripley look a little bit mm-hmm. knocked? Because that yeah. would be a half-decent way of doing that, which they need to do with Rhea Ripley, and that's turn her heel. Um, my view on the whole gauntlet was they tried to be cheeky, have the cake and eat it too, of, oh, let's sink, what, 40 minutes in total? How long did this go? Yeah, about that. They were, saying, they were saying Ripley had been in there for over 30, 35 minutes at one point, mm-hmm. and that's kind of cheating because we had ad breaks and, and, and entrances and stuff How long like was the Rhea Ripley versus um, Bianca Belair portion? I'd say a good five, ten, no, ten minutes. They went through a break, didn't they? Yeah. It was just odd. Just odd. The idea was I'd get loads of people wrestling on the show, so I don't have to do anything else. It's only sci-fi, which is like WWE even lazier than the standard mode. So that annoyed me. Um, I think we were meant to think that Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley was the best part. I thought Rhea Ripley versus Dewdrab was actually the best mm-hmm. part. I just thought like they had great chemistry together. Conditional up. If it's ups and downs, it's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Conditional pass. If, in fact, this is Rhea Ripley yeah. turning heel. Because other, otherwise, you just make Bianca Belair, the potential babyface going into WrestleMania, look like someone who's just coming in to steal the glory at the end. It's like the opposite of a struggle she's went through, which is the flaw of a gauntlet match. Mm. Her and Not really. You could just book the person who's fought the most people to win and get over as a babyface. Her and Lesnar if it is indeed Lesnar, and I think it probably will be, entering the chamber last and then both winning, as is predicted. I can't decide if that's good or not because at least they're booking the person who's got the most advantage in the chamber. But it's not. There's not much drama there, is there? No. Somebody hasn't had to fight from underneath. It's just... Oh, yeah, I've, I've worked the least, so I've won. You're just making the first however many minutes of the match pure filler. Mm. Yeah. Or too redundant. You know the best way to book a chamber match? Chain of Baszler. Dread it. Run from it. Honestly, you can piss off. I was thinking when I was watching this, my key emotion wasn't, oh, aren't they having a really good match? Isn't uh, Rhea Ripley like really doing well to sell the fatigue actually physically? My overarching feeling watching this was, oh, God, Wilborn's going to think Rhea Ripley isn't ruined. <laughs> and then, boom, Shayna Baszler. How have you managed to piss me off twice in my, in my own head and in real life? <laughs> Rent free. Uh, right, so goodbye <laughs> time. I'm joking. I would never. I would never actually use those words. I just did. So. I just did. So. Yeah, I just did. Uh. <laughs> Riddle's playing a good song on guitar. In comes Chad Gable and Owens to just ruin the the uh, RK Broga party. And you know the best thing about a party is if you're the host, everyone's like, you know, where's the host? Where's the guy? He's you know, life and soul of the party. Uh, what happened to the host? He got attacked, and everyone went, "Cool, guess the party's over." <laughs> <laughs> just left. No one helped him. What was all this about? He's a dislikable prick. They're only going for the free booze, probably. Not for the host. Come on, you got all dressed up for this. <laughs> I, I suppose if someone came and ruined a party hours, I'd be like, oh, it's a bit crap. But then if it was Chad Gable, I'd be like, eh. I'm glad he came. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, they smashed the guitar. Uh, I sm- hit him with the guitar. They didn't smash it, of course. They're saving that for uh, the guy over WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> so this is meant to be a heel move. Yeah. But the guy who gets the guitar out of the party is a dick and deserves to get yeah, his yeah, guitar yeah, broken. How's it coming? Who do they think they are? Why wasn't he playing Wonderwall? Like, it's right there. I know, but like, you're meant to like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're meant to think he's a complete blithering idiot who you like in spite of yourself. I think that's the character. Yes. Call him Broasis. That's good. Oasis I mean, never made a big in America, man. Good. But they are Overrated. a band that peaked in the 90s. So I'm, just, I'm quite sorry. <laughs> we didn't go for the reference. The person, I'm sorry, if you do this at a party and you're in that Venn diagram where you follow me, so I don't want to upset you. <laughs> yeah. Don't get the guitar out of the party. And don't. No. I would like to listen to like um, good recording artists who are popular enough to be played at a party in the first place who can get me in the mood to like actually want a party. Yeah. I want to sit there and listen to Travis. <laughs> Put some alpha beat on it. Both the name of the person playing the guitar and the song yeah, they're playing. Oh, Jesus, like, Travis is playing. Oh my God, oh, Josh has got the guitar. <laughs> why, oh, why do you do that? It's, you're not, I'm not at a record label. Right? I'm not going to sign you. <laughs> Turn that radio off. What? <laughs> I'm not going to sign you. I just want to get out of my mind in several different ways. <laughs> just, just, it just reminded me there about how much I genuinely dislike Oasis. They've got some good songs. But anyone who seems to think that they are so this legacy band needs to have a word with themselves. I think they're the most, one of the most overrated bands. Right. I agree with that. Yeah, I feel nothing for Oasis. But like that's and those brothers, both of them, massive arseholes. Oh yeah, yeah, like, that needed to go. The glorification of either Gallagher, just because Liam like Bannis's brother of once in a while, or Noel Gallagher used to drop half decent pipe bombs in the enemy. Those days are long gone, and so and that's where they should stay. Right. <laughs> just they were so fundamentally. Hey, no, Gallagher, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> they were full. Like, were so fundamentally drab and past it as a band that, like, when they released new material, the selling point was, "Oh, that means they're going to do an interview." Mm. They were a great yeah. promo. Mm. A great promo. Every now and then, and I'm talking once a year, maybe I'll find myself in the mood for Oasis. I'll have half an hour, and they're like, "I'm good." I, I, and I like, and I hope they feel affronted by that because, in their minds, what they've like they've contributed to their like their cultural texture of this country. And I'll never feel that, and I like that about myself. Once a year, I'm the same. I rock supersonic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this, I'm not. There's no argument here that they've not had some great songs, but this like they're in the conversation. No, they're not. Not for me. Yep. Anyway, uh, let's move on to one of the highlights of Monday Night Raw this week. We go back to the restaurant where Dana Brooke, 24/7 champion, and Reggie just finishing up their meal. Uh, Dana Brooke wants dessert. Reggie's Reggie's full up, and. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Probably had a soup. <laughs> <laughs> who comes over but the waiter, who looks suspiciously like our truth wearing a comedy moustache, uh, offers them some dessert, and Reggie realises, and uh, the good friend, maybe more than he is, jumps our truth Dana tries to leg it. She runs directly towards Tamina and Akira Tozawa, though. Tamina tries to attack, swings wildly, completely misses. Uh, I liked... T- well, liked... Uh, Tamina got laid out and Akira Tozawa obviously they're not going to do anything between him and Dana Brooke outside of a, a roll up so he'll just stand there and say I got you like that <laughs> and she just went out of the way um, uh, pop for the ref uh, stealing food off the trolley and popping it in his pocket and uh, they chase off but of course that's normally what those AEW guys do by the way stealing food off our tables <laughs> <laughs> Dana Brooke has hidden uh, alongside, well, not alongside Reggie, but Reggie's also hidden. So the, the people who are going after them have, have legged it. And uh, Dana pops out and says, 
oh, Reggie, Reggie, you're such a good friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. I couldn't have done this without you. And she kisses and she hugs him. And he says, I want to take this. I want to take this to the next level. And she says, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, to lead you on. We're just friends. I'm sure one day you'll make a, a brilliant boyfriend for someone. And he says, ah, you don't need to say any more. Friends it is. And he offers a handshake. And she goes to take it. And he rolls her up. One, two, three. 24-7 champion, baby. And he's like, guess friendship does have its benefits. And he gets out of there. And then she has to pay for the meal as well. Get in. Uh, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. This was genuinely really bad. Yeah. When you think about it. So awful. Just trying to buy a love and then being a pissy little bitch. When you try and like do the whole love bomb approach. And then she's like, oh, God, this guy's intense and he doesn't want what I want. I didn't mean to and lead then, you on by constantly referring to as a friend. Make her feel guilty and apologise as well. Make sure that she feels absolutely <laughs> yes. awful for this terrible set of circumstances you've concocted. Love bomb, love bomb, love bomb, love bomb, love bomb. Refuse to accept the love. Bitch. Roll <laughs> <laughs> up, bitch. The, these arseholes as well. There's actually a sophisticated bit of writing here. Everyone knows, right? I'm having pudding is code for neither one of us can go on. Yeah. <laughs> can be asked to get on top of the other tonight. <laughs> so we might as well have some nice food because <laughs> I'm just going to be full by the end of this. I can't be asked. So when Dana Brooke... Valentine's Day is so much better when you're married. So Dana, <laughs> so Dana it's Brooke... It's next level, in it? Oh, yeah, man. So <laughs> you, all that pretense is gone. <laughs> what, pudding. Yep. De- de- definitely get some cake. Yep. Right, look, we've, we've been at this years. Uh, like, have you tried their chocolate cheesecake? No, but we've tried the other thing loads, actually. Sometimes kids happen. Christ. Like, cake. I want some cake. <laughs> Dana Brooke goes, ooh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> <laughs> and Reggie's like, f***. <laughs> oh, f***. He's just like, ah, well, I'm full. I wonder. <laughs> I don't want pudding. Do you know what that means? <laughs> is what, like, is it like 18 men and one woman in the WWE writers room or something. I wonder how many voices came up with that <laughs> in line. I wonder how many people contributed that line. I've got a great idea. Me too. Me too. Me as well. And they're all racing into work that morning. Want to write it down and be the first one to get that pop. Can't wait for dessert. Oh, well, I'm making goddamn room. <laughs> I'm trying to... Uh, I prefer a flan. <laughs> I prefer a fan. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just thought this is the most, like... I mean, I said about, so they've done a two-week storyline with AJ Styles and Damien Priest because they hope, well, no one's watching, no one's going to care about it. And this week they've gone, well, we settled the romantic storyline in all of seven days. So How long she had the, like, hundreds? 84 day? days. 84 Third days. longest reign of, of all 24-7 championships. But the caveat why I say I like this is you're telling me there's a chance that they're going to bring back actual storylines of the 24-7 championships. Well, you paid for that cake. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> this is... What do you mean actual story? This is the storyline. Like, what do you... No, but in like... 84 days. You just have like... Uh, I love him, but he's been used in this loads. Just Drew Gulak running past. Yeah. Like, I yeah, liked yeah. it when they had the big, you know, the... the, the the characters are at the beach dressed like a shark. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's what you want the return of. Something incredible. Did he die? That was the thing. Yeah, he like passed. He passed away. Yeah, and then he. Uh, yeah, and then they had the Drake Maverick. Uh, the wedding stuff. Wedding yeah. stuff. The Jinder getting pinned on a plane was genuinely good as well. Yep. So we. But do you know what this means? You're not and you're not looking too happy. Not the whole pie, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> we can bring back another game. 
we can pitch what they do with the twenty four seven championship bollocks. This now going forward. You know, between her and Archer's running around like dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> After a different person every week on the preview, probably they're running around. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought it's so, like you say, it's such a personification of like she set her stall out from the beginning. You're such a good friend. Thank you for being such a good friend. And I've kissed you and hugged you, which is just a show of affection, right? And yet he's like, let's take you to the next. Let's take you to the next. And we'll get to the comment section before we get to the five star review. Let's take you to the next. Take you to the next level. No, no. Okay. Bitch, like yeah. you say, it's it's a huge, it's a it's a text or a, a Twitter or a DM. It's like nice guys Reddit. It's mm-hmm. absolutely horrible when you think about it too deeply, and that's their attitude. But I've got um, a pitch for the next twenty four seven segment. Actually, go on. What do we know about uh, Reginald? He loves the park. Boom. Yes, he loves the park. Terminally single. It's gonna go dogging. <laughs> I'm just going to wind down its hard truth in the Kiritazar intervener in the car. I've just realised, like, Reggie, all we've really known about Reggie from when they got, like, soaked to the list of how the system is that he's obsessed with that 24-7 title belt. He loves belts. He loves parks. Reggie Parks. Belts. Just one big rib. The guy that designed all the titles for years. Uh, Reggie Parks. And, and he died. And he died. They like, probably love mocking the dead. There you go. That's how it, that's how it happened. Stick him on a swing, pal. What a horrible company yeah. that we've just invented a reason for. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another brilliant Chad Gable promo came next. This was before the match with the Mysterios. Uh, he told the crowd to shoosh. Uh, he talked again uh, uh, about his 4.0 GPA. Thank you. <laughs> He's <laughs> getting over. Uh, thank you. <laughs> every every time I'm like, skip, 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 skip. Yeah, entrance, entrance, entrance. Wait, Chad Gable's got a microphone. We are watching this. Sorry, before we get onto this. I've turned my daughter into a uh, LA night mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because she was like, damn for little know about this. Yeah, kind of have to sometimes like play games or do funny voices or like set them the tone of the morning so that all goes well. They're getting yeah. ready on time, need okay. their breakfast. So you have to like sometimes like perform a bit. So like, uh, I don't know why I part of my head just because I like LA night. Like Charlotte, yeah, enjoying your breakfast then? She went, yeah. And I went, yeah. Suddenly <laughs> <laughs> like I just went, she went, yeah. <laughs> I was like, let me talk to you. Do you want some toast to go with that cereal? She's like, yeah. <laughs> this is why he's the real star of NXT. Yeah. We'll be talking more about him later. Um, yeah, he says, he, I'm, I'm just going to do the bullet points now. Shoosh, 4.0 GPA. Don't boo, don't boo knowledge. Or is it don't boo, don't <laughs> don't boo education? Don't boo education. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, he threatened to put the crowd on academic probation and said, well, probably you, most of you are on some sort of probation anyway. <laughs> Brilliant heel stuff, this. Uh, he complained, he moaned about the academic challenge. He said, we've got a bloody Irishman. I couldn't understand his accent. That's thicker than Otis's neck. <laughs> and then when he said that, you went, oh, look at that face. <laughs> put me daft. Uh, he said that Riddle and Autumn were cheaters. Uh, he blamed the fans for even helping them win. And he said, oh, that's not the only cheaters here. There's the Mysterios there. And they played the clip of Dominic and Ray and the Miz last week. And Ray and Dominic were like, yep, we won. That's all that matters. Um, and then Gable's promo gets interrupted by Miz Maurice, who enter to join commentary for the tag team match, Alpha Academy versus Ray and Skip Dominic. 15 minutes of some decent out. Yeah, uh, there was a distraction, I think. Miz, yeah, Miz did a distraction. Uh, Gable rolled up Dominic to get the victory for the Alpha Academy. But enough of all that. It's now time for this. Bloody good. No, quiz. I'm <laughs> I did this on the bloody. 
I've done it the opposite way around. On Wrestle Culture, I played this, which is what it's now time for. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it! And this week's five star. This is now time for this. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> too many buttons. Uh, anyway, this week's five star review review is brought to you. Uh, by Frasier Cranium. Hey. hey, love him. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related, you can do so on iTunes. Subscribe uh, and leave us a five star review suggesting something for us to talk about. Frasier Cranium actually tweeted this one to us, but he's a regular contributor and he's promised what well, he says I will happily write kind things about what culture on the moon in 500 mile high flaming letters if Adam Wilbur, Michael Hamlet, and Michael Sidgwick review this for the five star review review. The world needs to hear Wilborn enter Bree mode. It is. I don't think they do. <laughs> I really don't think they do. It is Daniel Bryan, world champion. What a month after WrestleMania is this? Yeah. Yep. Running away from it's Kane. Well, in fact, always Kane. It is always Kane. Take us back. Tell us what's going on in 2014. It is always Kane. You probably played up the neck injury to just get out of this. <laughs> it is always Kane. Um, to such an extent that even like even good wrestling companies sort of kind of do it themselves. It's uh, like Tony Khan's like we got a bit of a cane, haven't we? Lance yeah. Archer, yeah, Lance like, Archer rules though. It sucks. It's, it's always cane. There's this thing where you need a big guy, and obviously in the case of Archer, we've just come off a banger with Hangman Page. He had did he work Moxley as well? Similar sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just big guy, immediate threat. Even if on the night it's a fairly like. You know, a predictable win for the champion. But in WWE, it's always Kane. And the problem occurs when they can pretty much believe they can do whatever they want with Kane. So you either have him as a corporate guy in school trousers, but he's big, so he's dangerous, and he's got the corporate backing. Or he's a babyface sometimes, and he's got the Canaanites, um, and he's powered by, you know, trying to shag a girl he's been in a car crash with 15 years earlier. There's always Kane, right? And in this case, it was... Well, let's see how Brian, let's give him a WWE champion. That's John Cena could probably manage with Magic Powers Kane. So let's see how Daniel Bryan gets on with it. He can't. His first feud after Mania. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Kane, man. They, uh, they gave this feud a flaming, I hate Kane. flaming table finish, this feud. Yeah. Had. Like they were, they were sort of, all right, all right, Brian, let's see what you've really got. Like, and then when it inevitably wouldn't work, that would be the first mark against him. And obviously the neck injury got in the way of any of that happening. There was no sort of politics to it in the end. There's always money in the cane stand. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. Which is ironic because he was burned down as well <laughs> as a kid. Oh, but uh, <laughs> He's just beaten Del Rio, job. He? Yes. But did not finish the job. No. Uh, the flames go off. Another fine match we've got us into, Undertaker. After he's beaten Del Rio and he, what, just legs it out of the arena. The babyface world champion of the years. He just goes, time to get out of here, I think. Yeah, that's the other thing as Why well. Why did Kane just want to go after him? Because weren't they mates? He was the demon Kane, so he was sent by the authority to solve the Daniel Bryan problem that obviously Batista and Randy Orton had failed to. <laughs> so they had Kane for this sort of, like, this sort of problem. Batista and Randy Orton can't do it. I'm sure Kane can. Yeah. What? WWE as a company thought that for 20 years. <laughs> Insert different heels. What had Kane done previously to do. this recently? Corporate Kane. Um... 2014, he was set to... Well, he eliminated CM Punk from the Royal Rumble, remember? He returned and stuck his arm over the top and <laughs> Punk had gone better part of an hour. 
It's like, it's great. <laughs> he was going to work Punk at Elimination Chuck Chamber for the Triple the H match, and yeah. no one Punk was like, no. <laughs> no. I'm not doing this. Watch it. It's 2014, and you can be Kane and you, Paul. Why would I want to watch the show, Paul? So, uh, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella are attempting to leave the arena, and uh, Bryan, gentleman that he is, opens the door for Brie. Gets her in the car, puts his titles in there, runs around to his side. He'll never guess what. The car won't bloody start. Uh, and Bree nagging, is going, Hurry! Are you serious, Daniel? Hurry! And he, he, he pops the hood, uh, and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> goes to check the engine. And he goes, Oh, bloody wire unplugged, didn't they? Uh, and she's ranting, Shut up, right? I'm trying to fix this. And she's like, Let's go! Come on, Daniel, hurry! Is this your voice? Is this for, uh, or have you got a sore throat? Is it your throat? It's a bit of both. <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B, if I'm honest. Uh, anyway, whatever the wire that's been unplugged is, he just pops it back in. That was not really that much of sabotage, is it? <laughs> the wire's been unplugged. It's funny, that's it as well. He's still like, near, even near the bit where it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. And he shuts the hood uh, and reveals that now Kane is sat in the back seat behind Bree. It wasn't even Kane's car. <laughs> and, uh, oh, right. Oh, we're going to do this. Should we chip in? Me and Hamfler screams. Yeah. She, uh, she doesn't leave the car. I'll, I'll tell you what happens and then I'll do the voice. She doesn't leave the car. Like, if someone was trying to. Grab, I realise that where's she going to go is the argument. But like... Anywhere. It's a massive open car park <laughs> yeah, in a building. He's reaching through the back seat and she's just sort of slapping his hands away and just screaming all the time. Ah! 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 Daniel! Ah! Daniel! Let's go, Daniel! Oh my God, Daniel! Ah! 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 Ah, and then Kane and Brian are fighting, fight on top of the car, and Brian just kicks him in the head, and he goes, right, let's get out of here, climbs in the car. And she's like, hurry up, Daniel, <laughs> hurry up. It's like, oh, give us a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of a significant problem here. I'm starving. I only had soup at catering. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, <laughs> he recently got married. Called the spark of. So uh, he tried to drive off, but you know what they've gone and done? They've left the bloody sunroof open. So Kane reaches through the sunroof and grabs Daniel Bryan, and then the camera flickers a bit because they got the shot wrong or whatever, so they had to do a second take. Uh, and then grabs him through the sunroof. Bryan finally gets the car started and drives five yards. Like, <laughs> just literally... <laughs> <laughs> That's the noise of uh, Kane falling off the roof and presumably dying because I thought it was going to be one of those ones, you know, where I don't think I've actually seen this clip before. I think I heard about the screaming and went, I'm fine for not watching this. It was going to be one of those ones where they like, oh, I've fallen over and he's like running after him or he's whatever. But no, what happened is Kane falls off the sunroof and immediately goes horizontal. <laughs> <laughs> the noises of a man whose bits and pieces should be everywhere. Yes. Brains, arms, legs splattered over the car park. Cuts back, straight line. <laughs> like, honestly, like doing a f like forward-facing plank, yeah. basically, but on his back. Uh, and so Daniel stops the car, 
Uh, he was always a stiff. You know, Mike Kane was in a storyline that allowed the word semen to be on <laughs> Monday Night Raw. Semen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> So Daniel stops the car, as I said. He's driven five Demon yards, come. and Kane's, Kane's had a slight bump falling off the roof. The big head machine. And uh, he, he, he stops the car and gets out to check that he's genuinely killed Kane. <laughs> Bree's busy moaning in the background. <laughs> oh, come on! Hey, get out of here, Daniel! Oh, he's just got a point this time. It's like, come on. She's, yeah, the, just, she's the clever one in the horror movie at this point. Just yes. leave it. Yeah. And then you'll never guess what Kane does. He says, oh. <laughs> Sits up, brace up, streak <laughs> screaming again, and then they get back in the car and drive off before the monster can get them. <laughs> it wasn't my car. So, <laughs> uh, what did you make of this, Sige? Oh God. Well, I WrestleMania 30. But genuinely, I was already I already knew. I already knew that it was a make good. I already knew that they didn't want to do this. They had to do this for one night, and then it would all piss away. I was already deeply cynical. I knew for years what it was, but like Brian and Punk and the crowd support was so overwhelming that you thought, are they gonna have? To, are they gonna have to change? Like legitimately, are they gonna have to change? Like Cena isn't getting any younger. The crowd, they can't possibly. They don't really have like a mind for like rights fees in the business back then. Realistically, it's something I've learned through working here. But I thought they they have to change. And WrestleMania 30 was genuinely like, don't get fooled once, don't get fooled twice. But like Cesaro's just won the Battle Royal. Uh, very why it got beat, but the streak's been broken. Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt like the last time it felt seismic. like... Seismic. A seismic night where First Mania on the network, chasing yeah. internet subscribers more than pay-per-view punters. Yeah, yeah, like it just yeah. all felt like, this be it. And then they did Kane. Fucking <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell, man. Get this stupid slug... Away from my telly. I've, I hated Kane in 1998. I hated, I've always hated Kane. Such a, I hate his, what's that side slam that he does. Yeah. What are you, what a terrible looking movie. You're massive. How does your stuff not look like it hurts? Taking, he's taking Why like, are you so slow? He's taking like 400 pedigrees and he still just goes to one knee. I know. Right it's just a useless lump of absolute <laughs> <laughs> Me and sorry, have dis- one, we've sorry. discussed this over the desk before. It goes under discussed the section of wrestling fans that didn't even really like Kane when he was good. Yeah. That's the thing, right? So there's two good Kane periods where 1998, because it's like, wow, it's like an Undertaker, but he's cooler. And then uh, kind of in 2002, we got kind of jacked and tapped. He, he, <laughs> like he got jacked, he got he's, jacked. He started wearing gear where he could see his body. He was like, right then, <laughs> like rubbing his hands together. Uh, don't have to be burned anymore. I don't have to be the burned girl. I can get tanned. Uh, and those are the good cane periods. But if you don't even like the good cane, imagine how much cane you've left to stomach with <laughs> yeah. the remaining 20 odd years. He's got his fans, he's got his cane and ice. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but the problem is, the biggest cane and is Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we go to the comment section. And it is an absolute gold mine, right? Oh, gee, that worries me. Well, there's a, it's a, it's a it's a cross section. Uh, that worries me. Like Kane, you are the, firing the, your eyes right now. Read the first one that popped me, and it's not even about Brie Bella, right? <laughs> oh, oh well, we don't no, we know what's coming. These and it's uh, Adam Wilbur. No, no, no. <laughs> These do not reflect the use of myself, Dadley Boys, or anyone at what called wrestling. Just all better. Okay, it makes it all J- better. Jr. Sport Brief writes. Wait. Kane is Mike Myers now. Now, I think he means Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of, like, groovy, baby. <laughs> Shagadelic. Kane's world. <laughs> so that, 
that, that, that tickled me. Uh, <laughs> a point that we often, you know, everyone So makes. I married an axe murderer, Katie Vick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Multi-mar films, right? It's just Don't call Steve Austin magic powers. <laughs> a, valid, a valid point. Uh, right. I love how the cameraman is like, well, someone could die, might as well film it. <laughs> it sort of encompasses a lot of these backstage yeah. segments, but it still tickled me. Uh, then we get into the... Uh, Comment left by, like, Tony Khan, the Young Bucks, and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, in 2014. I'm sick of this. It makes no sense. Um, we're going to the Brie Bella comment section now. Cool. Erica's extra. A woman writes... Imagine listening to that scream all day. <laughs> Why? Like, she's happy. Happily married. Brian's not like, I want to do things that are going to terrify you all day long. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Eight nine tech. Oh, <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that Kane? No, that could be the fire alarm panel getting fixed. Oh, fantastic! I, I don't think it's, it's getting picked up too much. Well, we're going to soldier you through. You should probably check it. Ah, it's not. There fire. we go. There we go. Uh, Eight nine tech writes. Well, this is Oscar worthy. So there you go. There's your comment. There you go. For every Alexa Bliss thing ever. It's an Emmy. Shio Gorath writes. Those tires screeching sounded more bearable than Brie Bella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's Brie, Brie. There's Brie again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, President Diddy uh, writes: If Brie was in See No Evil Two, Kane would be the hero. Right, that's too far. She was in, almost certainly instructed. You can't scream enough. That's your direction <laughs> yes. for this. Like, if you think, am I screaming enough? Scream some more. Yeah. Uh, Megan Fisher writes, Brie sounds like she's giving birth to Santa Claus. <laughs> Why, Why Santa? Santa? I don't know. Why Santa? Uh, Moxley, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's your one from AW, uh, writes, Brie sounds like a screaming rooster with a cold. <laughs> Why the cold? Well, I know, I know these are. The roosters scream? They just make rooster noises, don't they? What's it called, crowing? Yeah. Uh, Eddie Brock's GF. It's got some more. Writes, when you see Kane laying down on his back straight, don't go up to him. Same with Undertaker. Life listen. I think he means life listen. <laughs> 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 Good. Right, and then we go to um, the other the other bit of comments regarding Brie Bella in this. Uh, the old uh, duality of man. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, this was suggested by Frazier Cranium. Yeah. So obviously when I saw a comment from Richard Cranium, that caught my attention. His dad. Yeah. Well, his dad's written, most underrated ass. So, you know. Vintage dick cranium there. A dickhead. Richard Cranium. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I'm just remembering what these final two ones. You're having a lot of fun. These do not reflect the reviews of myself. Uh, I'm sure they don't, I'm sure they don't, But, you know, people are upset at the moment, Sige, because there's no Rampage rap and the excellent rhyming and poetry that goes with it. Well, hopefully, Min57's comment will make up for that. (laughs) 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 Chilling, chilling. She is bending, but no one drilling. (laughs) Say that again. Chilling, chilling. She is bending, but no one drilling. <laughs> is that a, a weird way of saying just make the sex noises, but there's no cack there? 
don't know. I mean, people, oh my God, touch grass, like. <laughs> <laughs> touch grass, get off YouTube, man, it's horrible. <laughs> Final comment. I want, you to see, I want you to think about that. what all this comment encompasses. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because it's such a workaround to say, oh, Brie Bella's attractive, right? Sidant writes, <clears throat> the future son of Brie Bella is very lucky. <laughs> 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 He gets to suck those titties. What a workaround that is. Come on, which was the son of Brie Bella. That, that means I'm around up more than um, most people in our life. Got a good view. When he's born, he's going to see. When he's born, he's going to see it. He's going to see. He's going to come out of it. <laughs> and he's going to suckle on them. Because you know Brian's going to not be a, a fan of that air. Uh, that's no, probably her choice as well, but Brian's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely not a Formula Man, is he? No. So, like uh, a real raging way as well. Like to the point where like if, like Bree's exhausted and just like, I, I can't, this is awful. Physical and mental health is in the bin. They were like, you're doing it. What about, what about Mother Earth? Yeah. <laughs> they had a, they wouldn't do disposable nappies. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, Co- like, fair uh, play. Like. Ethical cotton, wash yeah. them out. Oof. Fair play. So thanks to Fraser Crane. You've I mean, got that. the money to do it. Yeah, it's fine. It's going to help. Yes. <laughs> oh, I have help. <laughs> no. I just pollute the earth. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks to Fraser Crane for suggesting that. Thanks, Fraser Crane. Thanks for all the like really nice tweets. And yeah, he's a lovely, lovely guy. Yes. Really wholesome content as opposed to what you've just listened to. Thank you very much. So we return to Monday Night Raw. To the main event. Uh, nearly. We're very close. It's uh, the real main event first. Post-match, we should point out, Maurice entered the ring uh, to distract the Mysterios. I think she slapped uh, Ray. Mr. Dominic got knocked out of the ring, and uh, Miz gave Ray a school-crushing finale to set up Miz versus Ray in Saudi Arabia, apparently. If that's anything more than a gentleman's three. <laughs> it's Miz's best ever match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we return to the uh, psychiatrist. Uh, Alexa Bliss has now got the new Lily doll with the old Lily doll inside of it for some reason. Uh, and then he went, yeah, you're fine. I cured. You cured? <laughs> you cured. Uh, all you need to do is make sure you've got Lily by your side at all times. Which I'm, I'm fairly certain is one of the reasons why she went to... Because she had this weird obsession with the doll. But he was like, yeah, it turns out you were right. You, uh, you do need the doll. Uh, by your side at all times. She Why? Th- she thanks him. I've got about half a million to sell. <laughs> Still in boxes. <laughs> she thanks him. She shakes his hand. Uh, she has a go on the Newton's cradle for some reason. And uh, uh, she, she says to Lily that Lily's healed. Um, oh, and the, the, the porn star uh, psychiatrist shook Lily's hand as well. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Uh, and then she went, oh, pr- probably go in the chamber then. And that was how they announced that she's the sixth member of the Elimination Chamber match. I, I don't get this at all, if I'm being perfectly honest. The, the, I can't cast my mind back to the beginning of the therapy session because I don't care about them. But was the idea that Lily didn't exist and she was completely broken as a human being following the events of The Fiend and Lily and these delusions. And then she was, and then like the, the doll was real all along. Making up as they go along. Was as well the jacket a bit of a tell that maybe they'd filmed all of these obviously way in advance, changed the look slightly, built to coming back at the Elimination Chamber and then got the weeks wrong and had to put two in on one show. So it was the segment got earlier in the night really supposed to be last week's. And they then were meant to say, last week, I was meant to say, on the second of the two segments last week, 
the guys had last week we talked about it, it didn't narrow yeah they've yeah. not timed these out right they? uh, <laughs> completely botched it. like they didn't say like they, they didn't even put in any dialogue hey i noticed you went out to the store and bought a silver jacket and came <laughs> back in. it i she's in the chamber people like like alexa bliss and that's like i like alexa bliss actually like it's it's interesting that she's in the chamber she has created a slight bit of drama over who's going to win in what otherwise felt like mm. Like an easy pick em for Bianca Belair all of a sudden. Like, do you beat Alexa on the first night? That's a, they're going to have to figure out a way to do that. So, or she, or she wins. Oh, we see the return of. So, Lily's presence that used to like twist her mind, does Lily's presence now keep her quote unquote sane? In a way, the therapist has kind of like given help to Lily rather than <laughs> Alexa. So, Lily's got less power than she used to, which has made Alexa fine. Uh, who, was, who was the real crazy one? Main <laughs> <laughs> event: Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton. Good solid match. Uh, <laughs> Rollins in control. Orton gave him a back That's suplex a onto the announce table, uh, but then Rollins fought back, blocked a draping DDT, and hit him with a flying knee strike and a suicide dive. Uh, we go to a break. When we come back, uh, Rollins hits a vertical suplex. Orton hits with a huge-looking superplex, though, to get a near fall. Uh, they go back and forth. Rollins hits a sling blade. Orton counters the curb stomp into a power slam. That gets him a two-count. Uh, but Rollins fights back. Super kick, two-count for him. Uh, he hits those elbow strikes that he does, but as he goes for the stomp, um, Orton dodges it. Draping DDT, RKO, and literally as he hits uh, the RKO, whose music should hit. But Alpha Academy, uh, they come running out. Um, but Riddle, in his toga, attacks them, attacks them from behind. Uh, Orton goes out to help him because Otis starts going after Riddle, who's beaten down. Gable, um, Orton then realizes he's about to get counted out. And as he slides back into the ring... Uh, Rollins catches him with the curb stomp and gets the pinfall victory. Sitch. Good solid match. <laughs> what about the fundamentals? Great fundamentals. Uh, look, I'll not be a dick about it because they did work hard and uh, this was all right and it kept my attention. It's obviously like really good. But I just don't care about it. I will say that Seth Rollins like frantically trying to claw, scratch and claw his way out of the draping DDT. Like little nuances where they actually care about their craft and put oh, a yeah. unbelievable struggle. Like, there's some really good stuff in this. Yeah, not a lot more to add though. No, didn't feel was exciting. Yeah, or didn't, meaningful. Didn't like feel. It didn't feel. I don't want to say like it didn't have any purpose because the purpose was the other stuff happening, wasn't it? It was the RK Bro thing, of which I quite like. Like I like. I'm the, fully invested in that storyline. Yeah, I like the order of things. I like the idea that Riddle, even in a toga, is um, wanting to come out there and help Randy Orton and avenge what happened to him earlier on in the show. Like Orton convinced. Like I, I believe that Orton wants to help, but it's still a little bit like these. I think you put it yesterday, so it's like, there comes a point where I have to remember how much of this life I'm currently in is mine. Like, this is not who I am. Yeah. Uh, I've stuck at this, but this is not who I am. And I've only just now started to step, having been defeated here by Seth Rollins, clean, really, I'm going to have to step back and take a look because what I've got myself into isn't working for me anymore. And, and I'm not at the pay-per-view. Yeah, and, and Riddle is, and like that jealousy can build about, like all that. But oh, yeah, I cannot pretend that I was doing backflips over a, a very, very fine match. But more for the people in the building that really love Randy Orton or Seth Rollins, I guess. Not mm. for us watching at home. Yeah, it felt like a bit of a house show match. Mm. But then that's kind of what these a large parts of these sci-fi shows kind of have, haven't they? Just yeah. Let's not pretend that that's some big excuse and that next week, Raw, back on USA! Yeah, we're going big next week. That's his you know why? Copy. You've given him his copy for next week. Do you know week. why? 
Elimination Chamber, Fallout. Join us for the Raw preview for that on Monday. Back uh, on USA, will there be flags everywhere? Red, white, and blue ropes. Road to WrestleMania. <laughs> anyway, let us know your thoughts. Any on vehicles? Hmm? Any vehicles whatsoever? On this? Only in the five-star review. Yeah. There's a trolley in the restaurant. Not a vehicle. <laughs> it is if your food. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts. Are you, are you food? Nah. <laughs> and it's not a vehicle. If you had to be a food, what food would you be? Uh, I, I don't know, because I was thinking about like, what you want. Um, it's a really tough question. <laughs> it's a question that you would ask already having had your answer, so I'm going to, what food would you be? Well, cake. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid bastard. Um, I don't... I don't, I don't I don't feel like getting chewed, so I'd probably just be an oyster to get it over with. I think I'll go with soup. <laughs> then we slaves, yeah. <laughs> let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter. And let us know what food you'd be. <laughs> what culture WWE. Number one, you so yesterday on the podcast. preview when you were like, uh, a lot of people know that I didn't uh, that I've got a bit of a background in radio. So today we're asking, what food would you be? Ed Sheeran coming up next. That's what food would you be? Join us, Traffic and Travel next. We're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> it wasn't my car. Nine days. What culture wrestling? Wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later with the NXT two point oh preview. Uh, plus, again, yeah, let us know your thoughts on Twitter at What Culture Do We Rewatch? They can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet, the soup at <laughs> Michael Hamlet. Follow. Michael the Oyster Sidgwick at M Sidgwick and you can follow Adam Carrot Cake Wilborn <laughs> Adam Wilborn Welcome to Dressing wherever you get your podcast from thanks once again to Fraser Cranium go and suggest us some more five star review reviews on iTunes for now that this has been the Raw Review my thanks to the Dadly Boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.